On this edition of End of the Age, I will show you how to recognize the peace agreement that starts the final seven years prior to the second coming. I will prove that the Antichrist is the one who confirms the covenant and reveal the events to watch for once the peace deal is signed so that you can know for sure where we are on God's prophetic timeline. You won't want to miss this. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. The coming Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement, the prophecy explained. The Bible prophesies a peace agreement will be reached between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And when this agreement is concluded, it will trigger the seven-year period that will culminate at the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Some of the provisions of this coming agreement will be as follows. Let me just go down through a list here. There will be a Palestinian state created in Judea, commonly referred to as the West Bank. The Jews presently living in the Palis- that new Palestinian state will be permitted to stay there, living as a Jewish minority under the Palestinian government. The Temple Mount will be placed under a sharing arrangement between Jews and Muslims. Israel is going to be allowed to build her third temple without disturbing the Dome of the Rock or the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And the international community will supervise this sharing arrangement. Negotiations concerning the status of Jerusalem are going to reach an impasse. And therefore, a, a final agreement on this issue will be postponed for a seven-year period. With the understanding that It will be dealt with at that time. In the interim, Israel will retain control of all of Jerusalem. The Jewish temple will be completed during the first three and one half years of that final seven year period. When the temple is completed, Jews will begin to offer animal sacrifices just like they did before the destruction of the second temple back in 70 A.D. The killing of animals every morning and every evening, as the Jewish scriptures dictate, will be met with outraged opposition. And the animal rights activists will be incensed by what they view as a barbaric religious practice that has no place in the modern world. We can already see some of these type situations, precursors to these in the European Union. Demonstrations against the sacrifices will escalate. The placards will read, and just imagine it, animals have rights too. 
We've seen this already. Barbarism in the 21st century. And since the international community was given the responsibility of supervising the Temple Mount, pressure will mount for it to stop the sacrifices. Well, by that time, a very charismatic world politician will have gained recognition as the leader of the international community. And since he will have participated in the peace agreement, which I will prove in just a moment, the one that allowed for the building of Israel's third temple, speculation will be circulating that perhaps this world leader could be the Messiah. I mean, the Jews believe that whoever brings peace to Israel, right, and allows for the building of the third temple, that could be the Messiah, right? So the pressure to resolve the dispute over the sacrifices will fall on his shoulders. The world leader, who the Bible calls the Antichrist, will order the sacrifices to be stopped. He will explain that they are not needed anymore since he is, in fact, the Messiah. He's going to claim to be God. He will make this declaration from the Temple Mount. And this event is called the Abomination of Desolation. Now, the Abomination of Desolation will trigger an outbreak of violence by the Palestinians against those Jews that remained in that newly formed Palestinian state back at the beginning of this seven-year period. Jesus called this outbreak of violence the beginning of the Great Tribulation. The Jews in Judea will have to flee for their lives or be slaughtered. And the Antichrist will then begin to persecute all on earth who will not pledge allegiance to his emerging global governing system. And this time, called the Great Tribulation, will continue for the next and final three and one half years prior to the second coming in the Battle of Armageddon. When the seven-year term of the peace agreement expires, the Palestinians and the international community will demand that Israel surrender East Jerusalem to become the capital of the Palestinian state. Well, of course, Israel's going to refuse. And the international community, under a UN flag, almost kind of like a NATO force, will invade Israel to force compliance. There have already been resolutions passed that the United uh, Nations and the international community will come down to enforce. Resolution 2334 is one of those resolutions. Israel, obviously, is going to fight against those invading armies of the Antichrist and his world government. And the Bible calls this war the Battle of Armageddon. Israel is going to slowly but surely fall back before this superior firepower of the world governing forces. And finally, Israel will make its last stand at its capital, Jerusalem. Half of Jerusalem will fall to the UN forces. And it's at this time that Jesus will come back to the earth and fight for the nation of Israel. He's going to defeat the world governing armies, remove all human governments, and establish his long-promised kingdom on 
the earth. Now, that's a lot, there's a lot to that, isn't there? You say, well, Dave, okay, you know, I know you guys teach this, but how can you prove it scripturally? Well, how do you know all this stuff? Well, I'm going to, let, let's, let me help you understand the prophecy because it's very, very important. And it's one of the most difficult prophecies to understand, but once you get it, it almost becomes pretty simple. And so I'm going to lay this out for you so that you can understand it once and for all. We're going to do that in the remainder of this segment and the segment to come. I'm so looking forward to the rest of this segment. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Yes, yes, I know. It's, it's one thing to assert that all of these prophecies will come to pass. But how can we prove it from Scripture, right? The very important prophecy of the coming peace agreement is given in Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27. And it says this, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build the temple, or I should say to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks. 
and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the waters, I should say the war, try to quote this, the end of the war, desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, this famous prophecy is often referred to as Daniel's 70 weeks. It could be more accurately described as as 70 weeks of years or 490 years. The NIV translation says 77s are decreed upon your people. The, the new century version says uh, God has ordered 490 years for your people. So this prophecy of Daniel 9.27 foretold the events of Jewish history that would occur over a 490 year period. And this will become clear as we uh, delve into this prophecy. Now, there's one thing we must notice in order to understand Daniel's 70 weeks. The prophecy is given in three segments, seven weeks of years or 49 years, 62 weeks of years or 434 years, and then finally the one week of years or seven years. So the prophecy is given this way because there are gaps between the 49 years, the 434 years, and the final seven-year period. Verse 25 tells us when the 490 years are to begin. It states that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, there would be seven weeks of years, or a 49 years, and 62 weeks of years, 434 years. Two segments. So in other words, from the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem to Messiah would be a 483 years plus the length of the gap between the 49 years and the 434 years. Now, I don't want to get your mind all jumbled up on this, but you'll, you'll, you'll see how it all comes together before this is over with. The first temple and the city of Jerusalem were destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians in 586 B.C. The order allowing the Jews to rebuild Jerusalem was given by the Persian King Cyrus in 538 B.C. And this is when the prophecy begins. Verse 25 clearly states that the coming of the Messiah would mark the end of the 483 years. Now, the gap between the 483 years and the final seven years. Very, very important here. Notice that after the 483 years, two things were prophesied to happen. Messiah would be cut off and Jerusalem was to be destroyed. Verse 26. So Jesus was crucified. Messiah cut off, right? 
around 30 AD. And I say around there because nobody knows for sure. And Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. So there's a gap, right? And yet the final seven years of the prophecy contained in verse 27 has not yet begun. So there's obviously a gap between the 483 years and the final seven years. You say, well, you know, why is there a gap? How, how big is it? Well, this gap is there because the Jews as a whole rejected Jesus as their Messiah, right? Consequently, God turned to the Gentiles to take a bride for his name's sake. Well, this began what Scripture calls the times of the Gentiles. The Apostle Paul described it in this way in Romans eleven twenty-five. He said, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Not 100%, but blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. So from our present perspective, we know this gap was to be around 2,000 years, right? I mean, the gap will continue until the signing of the covenant of the, the, the um, Palestinian-Israeli peace, peace agreement. The final seven years of the 490-year prophecy are described in Daniel 9.27. And this verse contains the prophecy of the Middle East Peace Agreement that will mark the beginning of the final seven years. Now, let's look at Daniel 9, 27 one more time. The Bible says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, or a seven-year period. In the midst of that week, or the, in the midst three and a half years in, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So there are several things that we must understand from this important verse. We're at Daniel 9.27 here. That's really the, um, the, the key verse I want to focus on. So we've got to answer some questions. Number one, who is the he... That confirms the covenant. Very important. Number two, what is the covenant? Number three, what are the sacrifices that will be stopped? Number four, what is the abomination of desolation? So let's answer these four questions one at a time. The first one, who is the he that confirms the covenant in Daniel 9.27? Now... I'm going to spend a little time here because we need to be able to recognize this in the near future. Now, this final seven years, according to Daniel and the Bible, is just ahead of us now. It's not happened yet. The 483 years, that's done. But remember, there's a gap. The final seven years is ahead of us. One thing you must understand about, really, if you're studying any topic in the Bible is that you have to use every single scripture pertaining to that topic to get the full interpretation. Now, this prophecy is no different. There are over 50 prophecies about the Antichrist in scripture. 
And all of these characteristics will fit this last day despot. So for a clear understanding of this prophecy, I need, I, I'm going to need to refer. I'm answering the he in Daniel 9.27. Who's the he that confirms the covenant? I've got to refer over into Daniel 11. And some of those characteristics of the he. Because this is going to help us answer the question. From Daniel 11 verse 20 on. All the way through the rest of the chapter, it is referring to the actions of the last day world leader, the dictator, the Antichrist. And this is going to give us clues as to who the he is. So with that said, let's answer the question. Who is the he in Daniel 9.27? So according to Daniel 9.27, the he will do three things. We're going to stick right there in that verse. I'm going to jump to 11 and then come back. Number one, Daniel 9.27 states that, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So the he confirms the covenant. Daniel 9.26 calls him the prince that shall come. So in Daniel 11.22, the Antichrist is called the prince of the covenant. He is the same as the prince that shall come. In Daniel 9.26. So from these verses alone, we can prove that it is the Antichrist who confirms the covenant. But that's not all. Number two, Daniel 9.27 continues on. And in the midst of the week, three and a half years in, the he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Well, who does that? Well, jump back to Daniel eleven thirty one. Remember from Daniel 11, verse 20 on, it's talking about the actions of the Antichrist. Daniel eleven thirty one says the last day world leader causes the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. So it's the Antichrist that stops the sacrifices. Number three, Daniel 9, 27 continues and says, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Daniel 11.31 again says the Antichrist shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. So since the Antichrist does all three of these things, we have absolute proof that the he that will confirm the covenant in Daniel 9.27 refers to the Antichrist. But there's more. Daniel 9.26 says, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. So the people of the ruler that shall come, the Antichrist, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Well, this happened back in, many of you know, that that, that happened in 70 AD when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. They burned it to the ground. But notice the part that says, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, I know that there are some that teach because the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD that the Pope is the prince of the covenant and will confirm the covenant with many. But now you know how to prove scripturally that that is simply not the case. The Antichrist does not have to be a Roman. Remember, when, you, when you're looking at a 
to, to figure out the interpretation of scripture and different topics and you're trying to figure all this stuff out, you have to use every scripture pertaining to a topic when you're trying to understand these prophecies. Other prophecies allude to the, uh, uh, the Antichrist as an Assyrian. And still other prophecies say he will emerge from and have his power base in the current European Union, which has about half a million Assyrians that have migrated there. So it's really pretty simple. Once you understand the 50 plus prophecies of the Antichrist and his origins, it all fits perfectly. When the Antichrist comes, he will rule over a revived Holy Roman Empire. Remember, the, the people of the prince that shall come, he's going to, the Antichrist will rule over a revived Holy Roman Empire. And he will also confirm an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement in the near future. Now, this is a very key portion of the prophecy to understand. Once you understand this part of the prophecy, it opens your understanding to many of the current events that I spoke of earlier that you and I will see take place in the very near future. So we've got to understand it's very key because we're looking for an individual to come on the scene who will confirm the covenant with Israel, between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And if, if you don't know who the he is, you're going to be looking for something totally different, right? So we want to make sure that we're following these prophecies. We're looking at all of the scriptures that pertain to this so we can have a clear understanding about what's coming in the future. Now, the next question we need to answer is, what is the covenant? Well, Genesis 15, 18 describes the covenant God made with Abraham. The Bible says, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. At the time of this divine promise, Abraham was in the land of Israel. So the Abrahamic covenant was God's promise to Abraham that the promised land would belong to him and his descendants forever. So now we know that the he that will confirm the covenant is the Antichrist and the covenant is the promise from God to Abraham that they would have a land in the promised land forever. The Antichrist will confirm a covenant, confirm Israel's right to exist in the promised land. And so in the next segment, we'll continue on with this final seven-year prophecy of Daniel's 70th week. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Well, welcome back. In this segment, we're continuing to interpret the prophecy of Daniel's 70th week. There is a peace agreement coming in the near future that will be confirmed by the Antichrist... And it's the confirmation of the covenant, the covenant that God made with Abraham, promising him the promised land through his lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob forever. And so the Antichrist will confirm a covenant and confirm Israel's right to exist and have a place in the promised land. Now, what is the confirmation of the covenant? Well, the Middle East peace agreement is signed. The Antichrist and the international community will confirm Israel's right to exist in the Holy Land. And, you know, presently Israel, Israel's enemies, they deny that she has a right to a homeland in the land that God promised to Abraham. It's one of the worst sticking points in the world right now as far as conflict goes. So when the confirmation of the covenant takes place at the time of the the signing of this Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement, the final seven years to Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ will begin. And this is just in the very near future now. What sacrifices will the Antichrist stop? Well, remember Daniel 9, 27, the Antichrist will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Well, what sacrifices are that? Well, the, the Middle East peace Agreement will place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement between the Muslims and the Jews. And Israel is going to be allowed to build her third temple on the Temple Mount. When the temple is completed, animal sacrifices will be offered just like they were in the Old Testament. And these are the sacrifices the Antichrist will stop, probably at the urging of the animal rights activists. That's what this is the whole reason Israel's trying to. Um, to create a, a red heifer so she can do the purification sacrifice uh, for the people of Israel and they can resume these sacrifices and go into when the third temple is built to start those rituals. That's the entire reason for the red heifer. 
So what is the abomination of desolation? Well, in Matthew 24, 15, Jesus said, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. So, according to Jesus, the abomination of desolation will occur in the holy place. The holy place is in, in or on the temple mount. And so... Um, the Apostle Paul gave a more detailed description of the abomination of desolation over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. He said, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, the coming of our Lord and our gathering together unto him, that day will not come. The, the second coming, in other words, in the rapture, that day is not going to come except there comes a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now this is a future prophecy. So the man of sin and the son of perdition, they, they both refer to the end time world leader called the Antichrist. The Apostle Paul teaches here that the Antichrist will stand in the temple, a future temple, exalting himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, claiming to be God himself. And when he commits this blasphemous act, that's going to be what the Bible calls the abomination of desolation. Now, in summarizing the, this peace agreement, Daniel 9.27 prophesies that the Antichrist will confirm Israel's right to exist in the promised land. The peace agreement will be a, a seven-year temporary agreement. We know what the Bible says specifically says, seven years. It's not, if it was a permanent agreement, then it would just say he signed an agreement. But it's, it says a specific seven-year period. And this is very important because when, if another seven-year plan comes out, you've, you, you could be deceived, you'll want to make sure because let's say there are six or seven or eight different seven-year period plans that come out. You'll want to make sure you know the right one. And so that's why we got to stick right with Scripture and tie all of these verses into it. So this one is going to be a seven-year period and it's going to be temporary because the status of Jerusalem will be left unresolved. So we're going to have the creation of a Palestinian state in Judea. This is what the international community views that as the solution. I mean, the peace agreement is going to provide for this Palestinian state in the West Bank. Now, historically and biblically, this area is referred to as Judea. The agreement is also going to allow Jews in Judea to remain as a Jewish minority under the new Palestinian state. It's the modern day settlers that are out there. They are going to be allowed to live out there as this Jewish minority. And we know that from the prophecy of Jesus in Matthew 24, 15 through 18 and verse 21. Jesus said, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Now, Jesus is, this is the Olivet Discourse. Jesus and his disciples are sitting on the Mount of Olives overlooking the Temple Mount. 
But he's speaking to us, the people of the time of the end of the age. The disciples ask him, hey, ask the Lord, what's going to be the, the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? So he's speaking to us here. He said, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. Jesus knew that his disciples weren't going to see that. He's talking to future generations, our generation, just prior to his second coming. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet back in Daniel 9, 27, stand in the holy place. So the disciples knew exactly what he's talking about because they're sitting there looking at the temple. But Jesus said, whoso readeth, let him understand. We can understand these prophecies. The Bible says in the end time, during the time of the Antichrist, this is Daniel 11, 32 and 33, that they, during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong into exploits and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So there will be people that understand these prophecies. So Jesus in Matthew 24 said, when you see the abomination of desolation, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Those Jews that were living out there as that Jewish minority, let them flee. And let him which is on the housetop come down. Uh, don't come down to even take anything out of your house. Neither him that's in the field. Don't go back to your house to get your clothes. Because in, why? Because in verse 21, Jesus said, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. A horrible time of persecution. It's going to be the great tribulation. So in this passage... Jesus is painting, he he paints a picture of the Jews living under a hostile government in Judea. When the abomination of desolation occurs halfway through the seven-year agreement. Now you understand, I want to make this very, very clear. Daniel 9.27 is referring to these events, okay? So these events are part of this prophecy. Jesus mentioned it again in Matthew 24. So it's very important when a, when a seven-year period or a seven-year plan is laid out in the future, all of these are the characteristics to the seven-year plan. That's how you'll be able to know what the correct seven-year period and the events are going to hold. Okay? Very, very important right now. So the Jews living in Judea will have to flee for their lives. And this event will launch the final three and one half years called the Great Tribulation. Now, amazingly, the scenario Jesus painted 2,000 years ago is exactly what is presently being discussed in these peace negotiations. I mean, uh, right now, I just heard that um, the leader of Egypt and Mahmoud Abbas, who was over the the, the, uh, Palestinian Authority, and the leader of Jordan, King, um, the king went down. They all had like this trilateral agreement that they went down and met to discuss getting with the international community and reigniting peace negotiations with, between the Palestinian Authority and Israel. Well, these are what they're going to be discussing. It's what they've been discussing for years. But they will get a peace agreement done in the future. The Palestinians contend that the the only hope for peace between them and the Israelis is the two-state solution. That's what the international community believes. And they claim that their state should be established in Judea or the modern-day West Bank. 
And the United States, the European Union, the United Nations, they all agree that the two-state solution is the only viable solution to the conflict between is and you know um, former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he also embraced the two-state solution as the ultimate answer to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The um, current uh, Israeli government, Naftali Bennett, the current prime minister, they're in a kind of a sharing arrangement. The current prime minister does not agree with the two-state solution, but his partner, Yair Lapid, who will come in in September of 2023, he is absolutely pro-two-state solution. So this is what the Bible says is going to happen. Now, the, the Temple Mount is going to be shared. Outside of control of Jerusalem, the status of the Temple Mount is the most hotly disputed issue in the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Muslims claim the Temple Mount as their third holiest site after Mecca and Medina, located in uh, Saudi Arabia. And the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock presently occupy the Temple Mount. You've seen them. The big gold dome, that's the Dome of the Rock. Well, however, the Jews regard the Temple Mount as their number one holy site. And that, you know, their first temple stood there, uh, Solomon's Temple, stood on the Temple Mount from 968 to 586 B.C. The second temple occupied, um, was on the Temple Mount from, let me see, 516 B.C., all the way to 70 A.D. when the Roman general Titus and the Romans destroyed it. So God promised Solomon that he would place his name there forever. Consequently, the Jews insist that their third temple must soon be built on the exact same site. And the Bible says it's going to. So how is this just seemingly intractable dispute over this 35 acres... How's that going to be resolved under the coming peace agreement? Well, if you remember, back during the uh, Camp David Accords, the, the, the Camp David, the peace negotiations back in 2000, President Bill Clinton suggested that the Muslims and Jews could just share the Temple Mount. And more recently, there was a law passed in the Israeli Knesset, or I should say it was introduced to place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement. And then Prime Minister Netanyahu, he was trying to use his influence to delay action concerning that law, hoping that that, would, that issue would be settled when a peace agreement was achieved and a lot of different things. They were trying to do a lot of stuff, but obviously it hasn't been settled yet. But we know in the very near future that it will be settled, and this will start the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon. We're watching it very closely. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. So the Bible prophesies that the Temple Mount will be placed under a sharing uh, arrangement in this coming peace agreement. The prophecies found uh, Revelation 11, 1 and 2. About, uh, John said, and there was given unto me. Now he's seeing a vision here. There was given unto me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise, John, measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave it out and measure it not. For it's given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread underfoot for 42 months. So John was instructed to measure the temple itself. Now this is a future prophecy. It's not talking about the second temple. The second temple was destroyed in 70 AD. The book of Revelation was written in about 95, 96 AD by John when he was on the Isle of Patmos. So he's not talking about the second temple. He's talking about a future temple. So John was instructed to measure the temple and those that worship therein. Then he was told... um, to not measure the outer court because it would be trodden down under the Gentile. It would be under Gentile control. So this scripture paints a picture of the Temple Mount being shared between Jew and Gentile. And the scene in this prophecy describes the Temple Mount during the final 42 months of that seven-year agreement, the final three-and-one-half-year period. So we know for a fact the Jewish temple is going to be rebuilt in the near future. In Revelation 11, 1 and 2, again, the passage of, that I just read, John was told to measure the temple. You can't measure a temple if there's no temple to measure. He was told to do this when there would be 42 months left. And this lets us know the Jewish temple has to be built and completed during the first three and one half years of that final seven-year period. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 confirms this. It says that the Antichrist, remember, will sit in the temple of God at the time of the abomination of desolation, which will occur halfway through that final seven-year period. You can't sit in a temple if there's no temple to sit in, right? Again, this proves the Jewish temple will be completed during the first three and one-half years of this final seven-year agreement. And then animal sacrifices will be conducted and then stopped. Once the Jewish temple is completed, animal sacrifices will be resumed as they were practiced by the Jews in the Old Testament. We know that because in Daniel 9.27, it prophesies, it, it foretells the, the, uh, this final seven years, and it states that the Antichrist in the middle of the seven years will cause the sacrifices to stop. Well, you can't stop the sacrifices if they have not been ongoing, right? And then um, Daniel eleven thirty one. it also records the Antichrist stopping the sacrifices. Uh, it says, and arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. So the Antichrist is the one doing these things. The Antichrist obviously is, gonna, will, is going to um, commit the abomination of desolation. So in order to justify... Stopping the Jewish sacrifices. 
the Antichrist is going to have to give a reason for doing so, right? Well, he's going to remind the world that most people have come to agree that all religions really worship the same God. They, they merely call him different names, right? We're seeing that going on right now. But going a step further than that, the Antichrist will remind the different religions that most of them are expecting an anointed leader to appear. I mean, Jews are looking for the Messiah. Christians are expecting the second coming of Jesus. Muslims will believe the, the Mahdi will soon come. The Buddhists are, look, are expecting um, who the, the fifth Buddha. So the Antichrist will claim that he is the anointed one the different religions have been expecting and yearning for. And therefore, hey, there's no more need for the offering of sacrifices, right? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 says, He will exalteth himself, he exalts himself above all that is called God or worshipped, so that he as God, he's going to sit in the temple of God, and he's actually going to claim to be God. So how soon will this peace agreement be signed? We, I, I can't answer that at this point. I, I wish I could give you a conclusive answer. I simply do not know. However, this we do know. There is going to be a peace agreement. And I know that this is the, one of the next two prophecies on God's prophetic timeline. All the way back from the Old Testament prophets, Zechariah, Ezekiel, Daniel... And many of them, all the way to Revelation chapter 22, there is a giant timeline of events that God gave us. On that huge timeline, the Six Trumpet War, World War III, and this peace agreement that we're talking about, those are the next two on that timeline. I can prove that conclusively. There are ongoing prophetic fulfillments that we're seeing happen. But as far as the next two events that you can say, hey, this is going to happen these are the next two. So I can't tell you a date when it's going to happen because I don't know for sure. But I know it's one of the next two events to occur. And so there is going to be a peace agreement signed in the near future. And they're pushing for it right now. And when it is signed, the final seven year period called Daniel's 70th week will begin. So it's going to be you know, it, people are going to think, well, hey, peace at last. I mean, much of the world has considered the Palestinian-Israeli strife to be really the root cause for much of the conflict around the world. Now, I know it's a spiritual battle, and, but I mean, I'm talking about secular-wise. The international community, a lot of people believe this. But, and consequently, when this unprecedented agreement is struck... Most of the world's going to rejoice. They're going to believe the world has entered into this new era of peace and security. I mean, there's going to be Nobel Peace Prizes awarded. And the principal negotiators, they're going to be just extolled. The Antichrist is going to be one of them. And so when the sharing arrangement on the Temple Mount is implemented, the world is just going to applaud as they see... Jews and Muslims worshiping side by side. You know, Jews, many Jews have been allowed to pray up on the Temple Mount quietly as of late. And so this example of religious tolerance and coexistence 
will be lauded as a, a new era of religious coexistence to be emulated around the world. We're seeing this happening right now, folks. All of the huge interfaith movements and things where everybody's just, I mean, in Abu Dhabi, they're building that big um, Jewish, Muslim, and Christian uh, big, uh, huge um, layout that they have there where they've got a synagogue and a mosque and a church. They're just drawing all these big religions of the world together. And so the Jews, they're going to move quickly to, once this is signed, the Jews are going to move quickly to build their third temple on their portion of the Temple Mount. The world's going to watch in wonderment as they witness the construction of the first Jewish temple in 2,000 years. Many Jews believe the building of their temple will signal the coming of the Messiah. And consequently, religious excitement and expectations will be at unprecedented heights. But then, when this is at the end of this final seven-year period, the euphoria over the peace agreement, it will have been short-lived. I mean, seven years goes like that, folks. And then um, it's going to bring us to Armageddon. When the issues of Jerusalem resurfaces at the end of the seven years... Israel will still refuse to surrender her beloved city of Jerusalem. Israel's never going to surrender that. The United Nations is going to demand Israel allow the establishment of a Palestinian capital in East Jerusalem. Right now they see that as illegal in the eyes of the international community. That's Resolution 2334. Israel will declare that Jerusalem is her eternal capital and must never be divided or surrendered. But yet the Antichrist is going to be at the helm at this point of the world government. And the world community will demand that Israel comply with the edicts of the UN or face international forces. But still, Israel is going to steadfastly refuse. And the decision is going to be made to launch a, 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 um, a military invasion to force Israel to submission to the will of the international community. It's prophesied in Zechariah 14 too. The Bible says, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The invasion is going to start in the north and a plain of Megiddo. And that's what will give the battle the name Armageddon, the hill of Megiddo. And Israel is going to fight valiantly, but is soon going to be driven back by these superior forces of the international community. Finally, the international forces are going to reach the outskirts of Jerusalem where Israel will be made, it's going to make their last stand right there in between the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives. Zechariah 14, 2 says, And half of the city shall go forth into captivity. I mean, it's going to appear that Israel is going to be on the brink of being, the brink of being um, wiped out, completely off the map. But that's not going to happen. Because it's at that time, the God of heaven will have been watching the war against Israel and the Antichrist and his world government. And when Israel's situation looks hopeless, Zechariah 14.3 tells us what's going to happen. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Jesus Christ will supernaturally intervene on the side of Israel. He's going to destroy the Antichrist, remove all the human governments that have, that have so utterly failed 
in their efforts to rule the earth. And Jesus is going to establish his kingdom on the earth. Uh, it's, uh, where's that? Le- Re- Re- uh, Revelation eleven fifteen. Bible says, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And so, folks, aren't you looking forward to that time? Now, I don't want the battle of Armageddon to occur. But I know in the very near future that there will be a peace agreement signed. The Antichrist will confirm that covenant with many for a seven-year period. Half in the, Israel's going to build her third temple, resume sacrifices during the first half. Those sacrifices will be stopped by the Antichrist. Many things happen at the three-and-a-half-year point. During the final three-and-one-half years, that's going to be the Great Tribulation. That's when the mark of the beast is going to be doled out. And at the very end of that is when the Battle of Armageddon occurs and the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Lord will come back, do away with human government. He's going to cast the Antichrist and the false prophet, the leader of the world government and the world religion system at that time. Revelation 19, 20 says he's going to cast them into the lake of fire. And he's going to establish that Satan will be bound for a thousand years. And the Lord will establish his kingdom here on the earth, a physical kingdom that will be ruled by the saints as kings and priests, as immortal beings for that 1000 year period. Now, this, the, there is a final seven-year period just before that. That's what we're talking about here. And the Antichrist will confirm that. And so, hopefully, in over the last segment and this segment, we've been able to help you understand the prophecy about the coming final seven years, the Antichrist's role in that. So it's very important that we're able to recognize these things going throughout the end time. And so I wanted to bring it before you today just to kind of add some clarity to some different situations going on in the news. God bless each and every one. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.